Wonderful. Thank you, Bells. Thank you, Stephanie. Church of the Warm Heart, good morning. Well, that happened <laughs> last week. Uh, great to see everyone today. We didn't know what attendance was going to be like today, and a lot of you were like, I missed last week, so we'll, we'll come this week. We are, we are grateful for you. Uh, you found a- Adventures in Parking, you found a place. Wonderful, thank you. Uh, if you're joining us online, hello and welcome to all of you. We are, we are blessed to have you with us, and we pray that you find a blessing in today's service. I know Debbie Jones is watching. Hi, Debbie. Everyone, can you turn around and just say hi, Debbie? We are, we are working on substitutes today. Uh, De- Debbie, is, Debbie is home a little under the weather. Thank you, Stephanie, for stepping in. Jacob Walker, Nicole, they're out. Uh, Jacob's brother passed away about a week ago, and they, they just had the service this weekend, so they're taking some family time today. So keep them in your prayers. But we appreciate the folk upstairs uh, taking over for all of them. Uh, for the bells, uh, this was a piece, this piece, and I think uh, the one coming up, uh, was supposed to be last week, and then uh, the snow hit, of course, and uh, half of the bell people are also gone because they were going to be gone this week, which is why it was, so thank you to the bells for substituting. Uh, I feel like I should be gone too and have a sub for me. So Don, you want the sermon? The sermon could all be yours. Anyway, I'll shoot it to him for some announcements. Good day, mates. Good day. I practiced that for our trip to Australia, and not once in 15 days did I hear anybody say, good day, mate. (laughs) So, we had a great trip, beautiful countries. Uh, I would recommend if you ever get a chance, go to Australia and New Zealand. The people are wonderful. The language is a little bit difficult. We played trivia with a couple on our team from they were from New Zealand and she kept saying tomorrow's going to be bitter the weather's going to be bitter tomorrow and I said what do you mean bitter and she said well it's going to be it'll be not not as bad as today I said you mean better she said yeah bitter so <laughs> found out one thing that uh, in New Zealand it is in the Constitution that every town must have a lolly. And I heard that. The tour guide said every town has a lolly. And the lolly in this little town is uh, right down the street from there's a red picket fence. You've got to go in the lolly. So I figured out that what is a lolly? So I asked him. And he said, oh, that's a sweet shop where they sell candy and ice cream. And it's required that there is a lolly in every town in New Zealand. So, it's a great time. A little bit disconcerting when you leave Auckland and it's 80, and you get to Boise Airport and it's 12. (laughs) Which is why Diane is in the bed this morning, sick as a dog. So, let's let's look at some of the announcements. Uh, Ask you to look at the back. Dixie has asked me to make special emphasis this morning on the Days for Girls, which is an annual project, and they talk about sewing in here, and you don't have to be able to sew. Just come. There's plenty of other things for you to do, but you do need to let the church office know so they can prepare enough food. One thing I want to mention, and and you didn't say anything about it, Pastor, is that this Thursday at 1 o'clock is a memorial service here. For one of the ladies that's on our late chaplain. She's been there forever, and I guess for at least 20 years, she's been undergoing dialysis every week. So, uh, if you could, she's a great lady. She was a faithful member of this church whenever she could. And it's nice to be back, and maybe you need to cancel church more often. This Sunday, pick up the next, tennis, pick up the next Sunday. That'll work. That'll work. Shirley O'Neill is the one who services on Thursday. No worries. Uh, one other announcement that didn't make here. Mary Methodist, y'all, are y'all meeting tonight? What time? Five o'clock. Potluck. If you, like, if you like Mary Methodist and you like food, five o'clock tonight in the FLC. The Grumpy Methodists, they met last week, so you missed that one. But the Mary Methodists are tonight. I think that's all I got for announcements. Let's take a moment, greet those around us in Christian love, and then remain standing for the opening hymns.
standing and repeat with me the affirmation of faith, which is on your screen or in your hymnal on page 888. This is the good news which we have received, in which we stand, and by which we are saved. Christ died for our sins, was buried, was raised on the third day, and appeared first to the women, then to Peter and the twelve, and then to many faithful witnesses. We believe Jesus is the Christ, the anointed one of God, the firstborn of all creation, the firstborn from the dead, in whom all things hold together, in whom the fullness of God was pleased to dwell by the power of the Spirit. Christ is the head of the body, the church, and by the blood of the cross reconciles all things to God. Amen. Well, following in the tradition of Jesus who welcomed children into his community, we celebrate the presence of children within this community of faith, and we offer children the sacrament of baptism. So we invite Ollie and his family. Ollie, can you bring him up for us to come on up uh, for this day to celebrate in the sacrament of baptism? Come on up. Can't quite see in there, can you? We, we practiced this a little bit, and we were able to come on in. And... Warm Heart Church. Oh, there you go. Warm Heart Church. This is the Van Beek family. Can you all say hi, Van Beeks? Hi, Van We have Martin, Alexa, and their children. We are honored to have them here today. So, Ollie, somewhere out there, there might be a Sunday school teacher in your future. There might be. There might be a youth worker who someday might take you on a mission trip out here someday. There, there might be some friends out here that you'll have for the rest of your life. And in, in 26 years of ministry, I've done like four or five weddings of couples of kids who've met at youth group who got married later on. So you just look out there. You, know, you never know. You never. Maybe I should just stick with the baptism today. Let us pray. God of wonder. God of grace, we thank you for your love revealed here this day. As these parents and this child come together to make these these covenantal promises, we pray that this community will have the grace to uphold the promises made here today, providing a safe shelter for your love in which this child may grow, play, and learn. We pray that these parents may continue to feel the sweet wonder of your presence, so transparent here this morning. We pray that this child will bask in your love as he makes his own journey through this life. Amen. I do have some questions for the parents. On behalf of the whole church, I ask you, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of sin? If so, please say, we do. We do. And do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior? Put your whole trust in his grace. And promise to serve him as your Lord with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races. If so, please say we do. We do. And will you nurture this child in Christ's holy church that by our teaching and example that he may be guided to accept God's grace for himself, to profess his faith openly and to lead a Christian life. If so, please say we will. We will. Thank you. Are you curious? It's okay. Sorry. Tell you what, tell you what, can I borrow this chair for a moment? We're at that awkward stage of the pastor not holding a baby, but yet not big enough. Ollie, could you stand on here for me? Waters of baptism. Yeah. You want to touch? A little bit of water? Special water for us today. Water's pretty important, isn't it? Yeah. We use it to, to, to quench our thirst to clean ourselves, and today God's going to use water to remember that we belong to him. So I'm going to go like this, and Oliver, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. May God's love be with you always. Amen. Jesus calls us to welcome children into the full life of this community. 
opening up our tables and hearts to those most vulnerable, offering the wisdom of the ages to all who hunger for truth. Congregation, this family has made a promise to raise this child, and they don't do it alone. They do it with our help. So we have a pledge back to them. It will be up on the screen. With God's help, we will proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ. We will surround Ollie with a community of love and forgiveness that he may grow in his trust of God and be faithful in his service to others. We will pray for him that he may be a true disciple who walks in the way to life. Life. Ollie, can I take you? Is that all right? Just for a quick tour? Thank you. And we'll be right back. Congregation, let us sing together one verse of Jesus Loves Me. And Ollie, can I show you all these people? These are some nice people. I'll be right back. family, our warm heart quilters have made, made you a quilt just your size. Pastor Jen's going to give it to you over here. In each stitch is love, and the bunting is comfort and peace, and in the gift is a prayer that you were surrounded by the warmth of this congregation and God's everlasting presence. Amen. Thanks for coming up today. And some of you can stay because it's children's time. So if you're a kid, like fifth grade and down, come on up. This is your time in worship. Were you sad that there was no school a couple times this week? Didn't hurt your feelings? Yeah. Wednesday was supposed to be an off day. Now it's an on day, isn't it? Yeah. I know. You got school all week. <laughs> well, you know what? It's, it's, been a, it's been a while since I've talked to God. It's been a little while. So I, I better start writing a letter. I haven't talked to God for a while, so I'm going to write my letter. I even got fancy schmancy paper here, and I got my fancy schmancy pen. Let's see. What should I, what should I say to God? How do, how do you even start? Do you, do you start, dear God, dearest, most magnificent, eternal father? What, what should I say? You don't know? Dear, uh, should I start with dear? Is that a good thing to start with a letter with? Dear God, what should I tell God? It's been a while. Anything? Thank you. That's a that is like one of the most important prayers to say. Actually, thank you. It's the one thing that God asks of us: gratitude. Thank you. What else should I say? We love you, and thank you for loving us. And we will try hard to love those around us. But Lord, have you seen my neighbors? Yeah. Say again. It's, it's cursive even. I, I, hopefully, God, hopefully God could read cursive. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. I've discovered that they don't teach that nowadays in school because it's not state standard. I know. Uh, 
My, my, my oldest kid got a Christmas card from, from a relative, and it was in cursive. And he says, what's this say? And I'm like, you're 20 years old. <laughs> You've been getting these all your life. Don't you know? They, he goes, I just figured I knew what they said. Like, all right. What else should I say? What else would you say to God? If you could talk to God right now. What is your plan for my life? That's a, that's a prayer I still say today. Yeah. There's a lot of things I could write, and it's going to be different for each and every one of you. Now, I got a question. So if I get this letter, I'm going to fold up this letter, fold it up. I'm going to put it in the mailbox. Who do I mail it to? What? How do I get this to God? Uh, <laughs> uh, what's, God's, what's God's address? Heaven? That's a good answer. Maybe have a rocket on it and then it might go to him? Maybe. The post office is pretty cool. They'll figure it out. Yeah. God lives up there. But do you know where else God also lives? He lives in your heart. And he lives in your heart. And your heart. Your heart. I know. Crazy, isn't it? Your heart, your heart, your heart, your heart. Even their hearts. Can you believe it? I know. He doesn't control us, but he loves us, and he wants the best for us. So maybe, you know what? There's, a, there's an easier way to talk to God than writing a letter. What? Did you know the Bible says that God is closer to you than your very breath? What? I know. So if you ever want to talk to God, all you need to do is just say, just say it, dear God, or thank you, God. Or I love you, God. Or help me, God. Those are all valid prayers. Whatever you say, whatever's on your heart. You could even say, God, I don't even know the words to say, but I hope you know my heart. And, and God will answer. And that's pretty cool. Let's, pr- let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give thanks that we don't need special words or special paper to talk to you. But just the, just the meditations of our heart and the thoughts of our brain are enough to talk to you. And Lord, we pray that you talk to us as well through our hearts, through the people around us, through life circumstance, so that we might know of your love. And the children of God said, amen. amen. Thanks for coming down today.
I was in college working at, a, working at a church, and a news article in the paper caught my eye. And the news article was this. Did Jesus ever say the Lord's Prayer? Call me aghast. What do you mean did Jesus say the Lord's Prayer? He was, he's the Lord. Of course he said his prayer. It's, it's got his name on it, right? Well, the prayer can be found in two different sections of the Bible. Matthew and Luke have their versions, and I say versions because they are different. They're close, but they're not word for word. And what they have is, uh, and what, what they have is a little different than the one that we say. Should we say, "Forgive us our trespasses," or "Forgive us our debts"? Depends on your translation. And nowhere in there is for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, and yada, yada, yada. Uh, In the 1600s, the Protestants added that, uh, this little doxology at the end. And what what happened is this. The the congregation would say say the, uh, the original prayer, and then they would pause, and the priest would add petitions and their pastoral prayer. And then the congregation would close it with, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever or forever and ever or forever and ever. Amen. And uh, one, one church actually said, for thine, uh, for thine is the kingdom and the power of the glory of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit forever and unto the, unto the ages. Amen. What, what am I getting at? Over the years, it has changed some. It is a distillation of centuries of tradition and it's there to fit the needs of our congregation today. The Catholics added a small part when Vatican II happened, 1969. And just a couple of years ago, the Pope agreed that it was time to change it again. Instead of saying, lead us not into temptation, Catholics now say, do not let us fall into temptation. Uh, we'll see if that takes off. But this, what I'm getting at is it's, it's a fluid prayer. Taking Jesus' words and embellishing them to fit for today. But what I appreciate about the prayer is the very first word. What's the first word in the Lord's Prayer? Put you on the spot. Our. In the prayer, I end up tuning into something bigger than me. My mind expands, my heart expands like that Grinch at Christmas to include others. We always think prayer is a me-centered sort of thing. But the Lord's Prayer, it takes you right out of yourself. Not just the daily bread that I need, but something for everyone else as well. Give, do I say give me this day? No. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive me? No. Forgive us. We're all in this together. (laughs) No, what we recite might not be the verbatim of Jesus' words. The article was correct. But it is an authentic translation and then the spirit of what he taught. Today's service about prayer, we're going to be uh, kind of delving into some of the prayers of our past, and uh, that's what we're doing here at this prayer time. So let's recite this ancient, but also not too ancient, prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the New Testament, from the fourth chapter of James. I'll be reading two separate verses, first verses 1 to 3, and then I'll later verses 6 through 10. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. And now verse six. But he gives us more grace. 
This is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Changes, change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. May God add the blessing to his reading of his word. The verse that came right after that is just humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. So we're in the, in the beginnings of a sermon series, looking at the practices of Christian discipleship. And our first four center around what we kind of do inwardly. Last week, two weeks ago, I guess, meditation. Today's prayer. Next week, we'll hit fasting, and then uh, we'll, we'll look at study. But today's sermon is prayer. And I'll be honest, I've been doing this 25, 26 years being a pastor, and I've had, I have so many sermons on prayer that they all kind of sound the same. So I want to try something different today. Can I hear a gasp? So today's sermon is going to be split into little vignettes, little homilies, and a larger one. And each one's going to reflect on a famous prayer. And after each homily, we will share that prayer together. So yeah, in the olden days, here's the sermon on prayer, and then go with God, and people would leave. Today, I actually want you to practice a little bit of prayer, and to know a little history, and maybe some prayers that you might already know. So our first one today, from the serenity prayer. This is the serenity prayer. Out of the horrors of World War II came our first prayer for this morning. I remember a few years ago watching a newsreel of, uh, of, of the Auschwitz survivors walking through the gates of that evil place to celebrate the 75th anniversary of the liberation. I don't want to live through such times. Some of you might have. In the darkest depths of the war, a German-born immigrant now living in New York, Reinhold Niebuhr, he was teaching at New York's Union Theological Seminary. And he was hor- just horrified about what was happening in his homeland And he wrote a prayer during these dark days to help guide those who are facing these dark times. And born out of the darkness and despair, this little prayer he shared with his little tiny church in Massachusetts where his families went uh, for for the summer. He he gave the pastor, here's here's a prayer for today, and he passed it off. And 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 the, the pastor of this little tiny church in the middle of nowhere liked it so much that he, he, he shared it that Sunday. And there was a guest in there that Sunday uh, who was from overseas, but he sat on an organization called the Council of Churches. Still, still out there today. And the, and, and, the, and, the, and the visitor heard this prayer that just happened to be on this Sunday, uh, kind of a fluke thing, and he thought, I want that. And he asked the priest, can I have that prayer uh, and, and, and use it? And the priest is like, it belongs to that guy over there, and they showed him, right? And uh, they got together, and the guy in the council of the church says, I want to put this, I want to put this in the book of prayers and services for the armed forces. We're making a book of prayers uh, for, the, for, the, for the boys overseas. And unreal, actually, it was written by a German. <laughs> and since then, it has been co-opted by 12-step groups and is probably familiar to you as it asks for serenity, courage, wisdom. And Niebuhr saw these people were struggling with, the, with politics and war of the day. The prayer is fairly lengthy. We're just going to read a small portion of it, but it's the portion you probably, probably know. So let's read together. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Prayer number two. All right, I'm going to take you back uh, more history lesson. We're going back to the 13th century. Saint Francis, he wasn't a saint yet. Francis, born to have everything. His father was a, a wealthy Italian trader. Francis lived up to that life. 
uh, celebrating, partying all the time with his friends and uh, enjoying the joys and temptations of this world. But in February 1209, he found himself at Mass. And he was, as he was sitting there, he was listening to the, to the priest. And this is all Latin. Uh, Latin. Latin was the, you know, that's what they, until, until Vatican II, actually. But uh, the service was in Latin. And he, he thought he caught most of the scripture. Matthew chapter 10. And, uh, but he wasn't quite sure. And after the service, he went up to the priest and said, could you read that again? And so the priest brought out the big old hefty book because there's no printing press at this time. Bibles were one, one a village, right? And, 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 and looked up the passage once again and he read it. And St. Francis says, I thought that's what you said. This is what I have been searching for. It was the call to Christ to go into the world without gold, silver, or copper in your pockets. Uh, no backpack for the road, no extra shirt or sandals, and, and just go and care for the sick, the poor, the lame. And Francis did that. He gave up his, his, uh, his family inheritance, and he went out barefoot and just served. He went to the leper colonies, served. He raised money for the poor, and served. And this was just him on, on his own. And soon enough, like Forrest Gump, he had people behind him who, who wanted the same kind of life. <laughs> and they went to the Pope and they said, Pope, we have, uh, I, I got a thousand people here who want to serve. Where can you use us? And the Pope was like, uh, we just, we too small. We, we don't want to use you. He went ahead and kept on doing it. And they got to 5,000 people following him. And finally, the Pope says, you know what? We can use you. And Francis says, no, we don't need you now. We're good. (laughs) Just leave us alone. That's what he said. Just leave us alone to serve. And the Franciscans were born. There's a prayer out there called the Prayer of St. Francis. I thought he wrote it. But in in, in searching uh, and studying for for this sermon, I found out he didn't write it. It was written in its present form, just over 100 years ago, World War I was in full swing. Yes, another world war. And another prayer born out of war. Millions were dying on the battlefield, millions more by, by starvation, disease, and hardship. And a prayer came from an unknown hand. We don't know who wrote it. But it was a small devotional for a small parish in France. And the priest liked it so much that he sent it to Rome and said, could you use this? And the Pope sent it out across all of Europe. It has St. Francis's name on it. But he is the inspiration for the prayer. Let us read the prayer of St. Francis together. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O divine master, grant that I not not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive It is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Prayer number three. I'm going to take you back a couple hundred more years, 800 more years. May of 433 AD. It's on the day of an ancient Irish feast. Of, uh, of Beltane, and the setting was an Irish heritage site, the hill, of, the hill of Tara, which is right there. Pretty. It was the seat of kings. The kings would go there to do all their celebrations. It's, it's like their national cathedral or, or Westminster. It's the place to go for worship. And uh, there was a feast in the spring that uh, took place. And what happened was this. The, they would have a big bonfire, and there were bonfires all around, but but on, the, on, on this night, the king would be the first one to light, light the bonfire, and whoosh, up it would go. And then all the bonfires were supposed to start all around. It was kind of a celebration. On a nearby hill, 
In visual sight, on Slain Hill, St. Patrick was doing his thing. He had a small group of followers, and they wanted to celebrate the 400th anniversary of Easter. And so they built a little fire, and lit the thing, and looked across, and just, oh, the, oh, the king didn't light his fire yet. So on the other hill, the king looked out and said, who in the heck lit their fire before I got to light my fire? And so he sent soldiers to that hill to put out that fire and to kill whoever started the thing. And this, that's why they needed St. Patrick, so that the killing would stop. But uh, it was before. Uh, so off they go, the soldiers go, and St. Patrick sees these soldiers coming, knows that he, he's got no, no weapons. Uh, all he has is, is, is a hymn. And so he starts, they, they, they start singing a hymn, waiting for the inevitable. And for whatever reason, uh, I don't know, the hymn or whatever, but uh, according to legend, wild deer block the path. You don't want, look at, do you want to mess with those deer? I don't want to mess with deer. The deer blocked the path of the soldiers and, and, and the hymn singing St. Patrick people looked up, ooh, this is a good time to leave. <laughs> so they, they, they stuck out the other way. Uh, some of the soldiers became Christians. Eventually the king would become Christian. And St. Patrick began his, began his ministry there in Ireland. Uh, a hymn was written to commemorate this miracle. It's got two songs. Slain Hill, uh, which you actually know. Bum, bum, bada, bum, 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 bum. You know that one? Yeah, it's also called The Deer's Cry, Off, off the Deer. Um, and, and the words to it has become known as St. Patrick's Breastplate. It's a long poem and prayer. We're just going to re- recite a few lines today. Would you please read with me? Christ with me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ within me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ at my right, Christ at my left, Christ in the heart of everyone who thinks of me, Christ in the mouth of everyone who speaks to me. Christ in every eye that sees me. Christ in every ear that hears me. I bind myself today the strong virtue of an invocation of the Trinity. I believe in the Trinity through the unity of the creator of the universe. Amen. Last prayer for the sermon. Uh, and this last one's for bedtime. So let me depress you for a minute as if these other prayers of war aren't depressing enough. It was the 1700s, and times were scary if you were a child. I can't fathom these numbers. 13% of newborns would die within their first year. With the hazards of infancy behind them, the death rate for children slowed, but it continued to occur. of children were gone before the age of six, and another 24% on top of that before 16. Half of all kids were gone before puberty. Since then, the risk of death for children has fallen across the world. The global average today is 10 times lower than the average of the past. And in countries with the best health care, we are 170 times better uh, and more likely to survive, although it still sadly happens. But in 18, 18, 16, 1686, the only book that was allowed to be used to teach in Puritan New England was the Bible. And there was a gentleman uh, printer by the name of Benjamin uh, Harris who had an idea to write a brand new children's book. But the Puritans said, you have to use the Bible. So he used biblical themes and it took off. It was the book. The New England Primer was the book for schools, for homeschooling, for little kids, older kids. It was the textbook for many, many decades. Uh, it's a little depressing. God bless the, the Puritans for this. Here's how they taught the ABCs. This isn't the prayer part, but I just I want to l- kind of lean you into this. This is how they taught the ABCs. A, in Adam's fall, we sinned all. That's nice. We're not going to do all of them. But C, the cat doth play and after flay. In other words, the cat plays with the mouse and then ah, 
Gets up. <laughs> F. The idle fool is whipped at school. <laughs> it's a good thing to teach to kids. Time cuts down all, both great and small is T. Xerxes out of the Bible. The Xerxes the Great did die, and so must you and I. Youth. Youth forward slips. Death footsteps nips. In other words, while youth may cheer, death may be near. This is taught to first graders. But in this primer was also a prayer that had a similar motif and a reminder that God controls it all. It's been softened over the years. But today I want to use the original uh, because it really hits the sacredness of life about living in the shadow of God's wings because you never know. It's going to be a good day whether we make it or not because we are in God's hands. Let's, let's say this prayer together. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake... I pray the Lord my soul to take. If I should live for other days, I pray the Lord to guide my ways. Amen. That's my sermon on prayer. I pray. My prayer today is this, that you find time today, tomorrow, in this week, whatever prayer that you would like, whatever prayer that is on your heart, whatever you need from God in this moment, share it. He knows your heart, but he also likes to hear from you. Let us be a people of prayer. And the family of God said, amen. As we come to the offertory, a word of thanks to those who faithfully participate in the giving to this church. Next week, Don's going to be up here again. He's going to give a little rundown on, uh, on uh, what happened with the budget last year and our budget for this year. Uh, so uh, be, be ready for that. He wants five minutes. So we'll, we'll get, sounds good to me. Um, it's your offering that makes a difference. It's your gifts that give love. It's your dollars and work and sweat in that plate that makes the ministries of this place happen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
God of all wisdom, as we bring our gifts to be dedicated this morning, we pray that you might open our ears, open our hearts to hear what you call us, and respond with trust and courage, so that we might find in our lives, our families, and our world. May these gifts bring healing to your creation. In Christ we pray. Amen. And please remain standing for our closing hymn. chapter 6. It's called the Priestly Blessing. Many synagogues and churches and their services with the reciting of this prayer, you've probably heard me share it a few times as well. The fancy word for this part of this service is called benediction. Bene. Bene is Latin. If you know Latin, Spanish, French, bene means good. And uh, diction, of course, means words. Good words. Uh, when I was a kid, someone told me that benediction is Latin for we are almost done. But no, it's good word. It's good word. Let us give the good word, the benediction today, by saying in this ancient blessing together. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift his, his countenance on you and give you peace. And the family of God said, Amen. Amen. <clears throat>